Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 418 for the 21st of TVs in a regular year. Follow your heart. This is a phrase which all of us have heard, whether it be from books, TV shows, movies, from our parents maybe, from schools. It's, it's a very, very popular phrase, a very popular notion that in fact is quite dumb, as we'll see, and is actually totally counter to everything that the Tanya stands for and really detrimental to our growth as a human being. So in our modern day society, there sort of becomes somehow this equivalence between our feelings and our self and our definition of who we are. We see how extreme this has become in our society nowadays when people say things like that they feel like they are a certain gender. So now that means that they are that gender, regardless of what their actual biology, what their what their physical body shows, right? Um Students or uh, employees are often sometimes excused from attending certain seminars and meetings if it triggers them emotionally, quote unquote, in ways that are too intense and they feel like that they won't be able to handle it. So, you know, there's this huge emphasis that's placed on our emotions in our modern day society. And not to be dismissive of, of emotions, emotions are definitely very important and it's important to address our feelings and, you know, not to be in denial about how we feel. But as we'll learn today, what it is that makes us human, what makes us special, what makes us unique, and perhaps what, what it is that ultimately separates for us, us from animals is not our ability to feel, but it's our ability to channel our feelings in all kinds of different ways. Our, in other words, our ability to choose, our ability to have agency, over our behavior, over our thoughts, over our speech. So just acting out every single feeling that you have and you know, taking every single, you have a feeling and, and you just go with it and you let it out and let it have its fullest expression. This is, this is really chaotic. And in fact, our feelings are kind of all over the place, right? Like sometimes you wake up and you feel a certain way. You're in a good mood. Sometimes you're in a bad mood. Sometimes you are in the mood to do this. Sometimes you're in the mood to that. do that. We're all very moody creatures by nature. And our feelings are extremely flippant. They change all the time. So what makes us human, what makes us unique is this ability that we have to look at our feelings objectively and decide what we're going to do with our feelings. How what how are we going to behave? How are we going to express ourselves? Do we want to take every little feeling 
as seriously as the next? Or do we want to pick and choose and decide in a more conscious way what we want to do with our lives? So that's the subject of today's Tanya. And for context, we're beginning a new chapter today. This is chapter 14. And the subject of today's Tanya is going to be on the Benoni. This character that we have referenced before, we've We've started talking about the Benoni quite a bit. And as mentioned, in fact, this entire book was written in honor of the Benoni, Sefer Shil Benonim. And the reason for that is because the Benoni is something that is uh, that is possible for every single one of us to attain. And it's actually something that's expected of all of us to attain. We're not expected to be tzaddikim, but, we're, but what we are expected to be is Benonim. And coming to this awareness is actually an extremely liberating state to be in because what this means ultimately is that it's okay if our feelings are all over the place and are chaotic and that sometimes we desire all kinds of different things, you know, because like if we were to take our feelings so seriously, this this actually can lead to a really deep sense of depression because when... Um, when we over-identify with our feelings, then our feelings can bring us to all kinds of places, both good and bad. And if we think that that's who we really are, you know, then when we're in those bad places, when we want things that that are really destructive, that are really not good, which is very human because that, that's how God created us with all kinds of different desires, then if we were to take those um feelings overly seriously, we can start to identify with them and we can start to think of ourselves as not the greatest people. There's something that comes up often in therapy for people where, you know, they they start sharing with their therapist about all kinds of these like horrible fantasies that they have about, you know, really dark things like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, they have a dream or, or even just a fantasy about, you know, really hurting somebody or really um, doing something really inappropriate. You know, people sometimes like there's this phenomenon where people are like standing in a really, really high place and they sort of like keep having this like image of themselves jumping off the high place, right? Not that they would ever do it, but there's this feeling that they have. They have this like fantasy of doing it for some reason or another. Um, it doesn't happen to everybody, but some people have this. Um, I, th I believe this is like actually like a certain form of OCD, believe it or not. So, um, you know, if we were to take all of these feelings overly seriously, then this is a very scary place to live, to, to imagine that we're actually capable of doing such horrible things, either to others or to ourselves, right? But now the good news is, and this is where the Tanya comes in, is that our feelings are not ourselves. That's not who we are. Our feelings are there, sure, you know, and this is just like our, these internal struggles that we have. But what truly makes us who we are is how we gain agency, how we gain control, uh, how we gain mastery over our feelings such that they don't, not every single feeling manifests in reality and that we get to decide and choose which of all of these chaotic emotions we're going to let play out. So the ultra begins this section today and he, he explicitly says, he says this, this attribute of the Benoni that we've been discussing is an attribute that every single person should strive for. And that in fact, every single person can be a Benoni at every moment. Why? How is this possible? You know, if you've been following along the podcast so far, then we've already learned that the Benoni is quite a high level, somebody who never sins in thought, speech, or action at all, right? But the ben but but on the other hand, says the Ultra Rebbe, the Benoni doesn't hate evil. 
This is something like hating evil. This is something that, that is an emotional thing. It's something that is given over to the heart. And not all times are the same. Meaning to say emotions are very flippant. Sometimes we feel a great love towards God. Sometimes we feel a great love towards chocolate. <laughs> we have all kinds of different feelings, right? Sometimes we love our friends. Sometimes we hate our friends. All kinds of different feelings all the time. Um, but rather, what's expected of a Benoni is not to have their feelings always be in the right place, but rather they want to, the, the Benoni is expected to, in Hebrew, it's called go away from evil, turn away from evil, and do good. Meaning to say, what's expected of a Benoni is to act appropriately, whether we're talking about maise, action, dibur, which is speech, or machshava, thought. Remember, the three garments. And what all of this falls under is the category of bhira, of choice. Every single person has the ability to choose. In other words, agency. To choose how we want to act, how we want to speak, and how we want to think, even if it goes against the feelings of our heart, and even if it's totally the antithesis of what we're feeling. So we're not a slave to our emotions, in other, in other words. Just, just because we're feeling a certain way doesn't mean we have to act on it. Uh, so even if, like, let's say at, in the moment, a person is feeling a certain um, desire for something physical, whether it's a, something permissible or something that, God forbid, is forbidden, a person has the ability, says the Alter Rebbe, to overcome this and to push aside their mind from this thing, totally push aside their mind and say to their heart, I don't want to be a Russia, even for a moment. I don't want to be a wicked person. So this is an incredible thing. Just to take a pause for a moment, this is an incredible thing that the altar is telling us. If you really take this message to heart, it's, it's extremely empowering. It's telling you that you are not a victim. You are not a slave to your emotions, as I mentioned. You can decide. You can overcome. You can be in control of yourself, right? And so now the altar is telling us how we can do that. So how do we do this? How do we overcome our feelings? So we're feeling these really strong feelings for things that are not so appropriate for us uh, or not the best thing for us. How do we overcome it? So he says that we basically do some self-talk and the person says to themselves, they say, I don't want to be a Russia, even for a moment. I don't want to be a wicked person, even for a moment. Why? Why don't I want to be a Russia? Maybe the person's like, whatever. I, uh, yeah, I'm a bad boy. I'm a bad girl. You know, we see little kids say this kind of thing all the time, but really, truly, our true self doesn't ever want to be apart from God. God is, we're going to get into this later on in the Tanya, just, you know, even more into detail about this, but basically God is our life. God is our true self, our deep, deep down, our godly soul. That is a part of God. That's the deepest part of who we are. So we don't want to be, God forbid, separate from God in any shape or form on any level at all. And anytime we do something that that is against the will of God, this separates us, God forbid, from God. The Altar Rebbe brings a citation for this from Yeshayahu chapter 59, verse 2, where it says, mevdilim that your sins separate from you from God. So it's basically, it's like we're basically taking a time out and we're recognizing what's going on. And we say to ourselves, like, is this what I really want? It's sort of like, you know, to make this example extremely practical, I always use the example of, you know, coming home and seeing the box of donuts on the table. And like your initial impulse is, yeah, donuts. I really want to eat those donuts. But like, if you take a step backwards, 
you say to yourself, wait a second, is this really, is this what I really want? Like, you know, think about tomorrow. How am I going to feel in the morning if I eat this whole box of donuts? Is this really what I want? Or do I really want a nourishing, you know, supper right now that's going to really feed me and make me feel energized and, uh, and grounded and all of that. Right. So it's the same thing here. Basically it's like we feel all kinds of things and, uh, and, and, but then we have the ability to, to take a moment and, and not just like dive into those feelings and give it into the feelings immediately. We can take a step back and say, wait a second, I don't want to be separate from God. That's not my true desire, but rather, what do I really want? I want to cleave to God. I want my entire nefesh, ruach, and neshama, that's the three parts of our soul, my soul, together with their levushim, their garments, their three, three garments, I want them all to cleave to God. Right, um, and what are the three garments of the soul of the godly soul? It's the ma'aseh dibur and machshava, the the action, speech, and thought of uh, all about God, about Torah and His mitzvahs. Meaning, you know, doing God's commandments, speaking God's Torah, thinking about God, all of those kind of things, and all of this is coming from it. It actually is coming from feeling because it's not. It's not like that we're just you know totally acting against our feelings. The truth is, we all have an innate love of God that's latent within our hearts. Uh, it's just not always manifest, but it's always there because, and this is why we see this, that this is why all Jews are called mecha, the lovers of your name. This is uh, from Tehillim chapter three, verse 12. So, and we see this manifest, says the altar, but that we see even like the really, really lowly kind of Jew, like a, it's called a kal shabit kalim. It's like more than like simple. It's like somebody who's just really just like a whatever, you know, kind of Jew, like, you know, does like the bare minimum, if, if that kind of Jew, they were willing, we see this throughout history, they have a willingness to uh, sacrifice their life for the sanctity of God. We see, hear these incredible stories about Jews throughout history, who, you know, when it came down to it, when it was like, you know, convert to Christianity or, um, or um, or give up your life, time and time again, Jews were willing to give up their lives. More modern day example, this is my own little interpretation that I'll insert here is like, thank God nowadays we don't, we're not encountered with this kind of struggle. But nevertheless, what we do see often, and I see this all the time, that we see even the most secular of Jews, totally secular, totally quote unquote atheist, totally, you know, maybe even very rebellious kind of Jews, you know, maybe they grew up religious and, you know, they, um, they, they don't want to have anything to do with it anymore at all. If you ask them point blank, are you Jewish? I don't think I've ever met anybody or encountered somebody who will outright say, no, I'm not Jewish, or I'm willing to say that I'm not Jewish and renounce my Judaism entirely, you know, or I once heard um, a different rabbi give a talk once where they were, what he will do to these kind of people is he'll say like, oh, if you really, really don't believe in anything, then, you know, are you willing to take that safer Torah over there? He brings them into a shul and he says, are you willing to take the safer Torah, put it on the ground and, and a jump on top of it are you willing to do that and he finds time and time again even the most secular of jews the most rebellious of jews are not willing to do that why 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 can't they do that why can't they renounce their judaism because deep deep down even the most you know distant quote unquote of jews and i say quote unquote because we don't know who's far and who's close the rabbi was very clear about that but that what looks like somebody who's very distant to our eyes is still has this innate love of god within them 
And, um, and so when we think about this, so this is going back to our self meditation of how to overcome our emotions is when we realize that even these, this most secular of Jew, you know, is willing to give up their life for God then what about me? Where does that leave me? So obviously if you're here learning the Tanya, it means that you have a little bit more conscious awareness about Judaism, about, you know, yourself, your soul, your soul searching kind of person. So, uh, so thus I definitely have the ability to overcome these like temporal feelings I'm having and actually move instead in the direction and act in accordance with my true deeper feelings, which is my, this innate love of God. And so, at, and, and so what's going on? So again, we're still in this self-meditation here. So it's like, so then the person might be thinking to themselves like, okay, well, if I really love God so much, why do I have these tendencies to want to go against God, to want to do these destructive things? And so the truth is that this is the only reason why there's this principle that the only reason why a person ever sins is because a ruach shtut enters into them, a spirit of folly enters into them. So there's this, like the spirit of folly basically comes into the person and tricks the person into thinking that they're still going to be Jewish um, and they're not going to be separate from God if they do this little action that goes against the will of God. And also the person forgets for the moment the hidden love of God that's that's found in their heart. So it's, you know, again, going back to the donut analogy, it's like there's, there's a little trick that happens. The person comes home, they see the donuts on the table and they can rationalize to themselves. They can say to themselves like, you know, like donuts aren't all bad. Donuts, you know, they actually, they, they have calories. They, they have some nutrients in, that, in them. I'm sure, you know, the flour they used for the donuts was enriched with vitamins and that kind of thing. And also at that moment, you're not thinking. You're just like in this baser instinct of like donuts, me eat donuts, right? Um, but again, it's take a step backwards and realize that is, that's, you just had a moment of insanity there, you know? And do you want to be an insane person? Do you want to live your life as an insane person? That's what living in accordance with your emotions, giving into every whim and, and feeling that you have is, is insanity. People say, you know, in, insanity is doing the same thing over and over. Um, and expecting different results. No, that's not really, I don't know where that came from. It's a weird kind of phrase. Really what insanity is, is just giving in to every feeling you have at every moment. That's that's what insanity truly is. So the person tells, says to themselves, I don't want to be a fool. I don't want to be an insane person. Um, I, I don't want to deny the truth. I want to live a truthful existence, right? So this is really a good meditation, a good exercise that a person can have in order to uh, overcome their desires and their feelings in the moment, their momentary feelings. Okay, so now the ultra bit concludes this section and he says that this this kind of gave us up until now, it, it told us what is expected of us, what's expected of a Benini. Now he's going to tell us what is not expected of us. That, that's kind of above our pay grade. And this is in the realm of a tzaddik. And this, again, this this should be very liberating to us because, um, because again, a Benoni does not have to change their feelings. They might still have feelings that are not in line with their true godly self. And that's okay because this isn't something that is appropriate for us that's necessarily within our grasp to change our, our feelings. It's not expected of us to hate bad things, to hate destructive things totally, uh, or even not totally hate them, you know, like to, to really just kind of like not have any feelings towards them. Um, this is not something that we can all attain. 
This is something that is only attainable through having a, such an intense love of God that's called avabatanugim, as we described this love before. This is called the love of pleasures, which is meaning that you find this deep pleasure of God uh, within God. You have this like deep feeling of passion and, and sense of pleasure within God. And this is a taste of Olam Bahava, of the future world to come. We're all going to experience this. But um, but this is not something that everybody merits. This is something that uh, that that people receive, that certain select people receive as a form of reward. It's not something that necessarily we can all attain. Mm-hmm. Um, this type of um, this type of feeling, this type of love that the, that the altar is describing, he gives a citation for this uh, from Brachos in the Gemara, Masechet Brachos, page seventeen a, where it says, that you shall glimmer, see a glimmer of the world to come in your lifetime. So this is like an otherworldly kind of sense. This this feeling of this intense love of God where it's like the emotions match your inner godly self. This is something that is only reserved for few people for a select few group of people which are called known as tzaddikim and it's given to those people as a present. Beltrova brings another citation, this time from Bamidbar chapter 18, verse 7, that describes how this is a present, where it says, Avodat matana eten et kunatchem, that uh, I will give you this, your priestly service as a gift. So here, uh, the Beltrova is likening this this uh, love that we're describing as uh, as being a priestly service, like it's a special kind of service. And he says that this is explained elsewhere, how... Um, you know, how it is that these tzaddikim are given this, this special gift. And so now the altar rabbi says, now we can understand this um, this citation, which had come up in the very, very first chapter of the Tanya that we learned, where we quoted Eov, Job, where he said, that you created uh, righteous people, you created wicked people. And we had a question about that. We said, like, if we all have free choice, how is it that Eov said that, you know, God created righteous people, God created wicked people? Like, don't we have, you know, free choice? Like, and if that's the case, then it's, it kind of implies that we don't. So here now we can understand it, that the truth is, yeah, God does decide who's going to be a tzaddik or at least who has the potential to be a tzaddik. And that, in fact, there are all kinds of different levels of different souls, different Jewish souls. And the Altar Rebbe concludes here by citing, uh, this, by referencing a teaching in the Tikkun Zohar about this, where the Tikkun Zohar talks about all kinds of different levels and degrees of different kinds of souls. So he lists a few here. One is uh, Hasidim, which are loosely translated to impious men. Uh, Giborim, th- these are people who are strong men who like gain mastery over their their impulses. There's Marei Torah. This is like uh, men who shed light on the Torah. Like so great scholars of the Torah. There's Nevi'im, prophets, etc. And Sadiqim, etc. So, um, and, and the Altar Rebbe says that, you know, you can look there and see in the Tikkun Zohar and and for further explanation about the whole thing. And it's it's found in the introduction to the Tikkun Zohar and page 1b. So that's the end of the section for today. And so just to reiterate, kind of bring it all together. So once again, this is this section should be extremely liberating and extremely empowering because what we've learned today is a few things. First of all, you should not just follow your heart. And you should not just not take your emotions that seriously. You are not your feelings. You have your feelings and your feelings are all over the place. They change from moment to moment, from day to day, all the time. What makes you special, what what makes you human 
is your ability to have agency over your feelings, to have agency over your life, to have free will to decide what it is that you want to do. Is this an emotion that you want to go with or is this an emotion you don't want to go with? And to take a step backwards and to really look at your life and to look at who you are and, um, and, and what you want to do and think about these things in a more rational and conscious way and think about, and, and instead of just going with like the first impulse that comes to mind, really think about what is it that you really want? What is the best choice for you at this moment? Um, and to realize that these impulses that you have to do things that are against what's best for you are really coming from a place of folly, a place of foolishness, a place of insanity, even we can call it. You don't, we don't want to be insane. The true self wants to be united with God. And when we recognize that, that's going to lead us to only do things that are in line, in line with God's will, whether that's in terms of our thoughts, our speech, and our action. So to change our feelings, that's not something that, w- that we can do or that's even expected of us. That's the realm of tzaddikim. That's a select group, few people. That's something that God gives to them as a gift. It's not something that we can even work towards necessarily, and, um, and we won't necessarily attain it if we do. So what we can work on, what we should focus on, where we can put our attention, is in accepting the fact that we have these emotions and again, gaining agency over them and making it clear to ourselves who's in charge, that our emotions do not have control over us. We're not a slave to our emotions. We're not a victim to our emotions, but we can actually choose proactively how to live our lives. So that's it for today. And we'll continue along these lines tomorrow and I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.